right, welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast. So today I have Miss Amber Berry. We connected through the wonderful world of Facebook and entrepreneurs, and I'm just so freaking excited for y'all to learn more about her story. I did some Facebook stalking, did some Googling, you know, the basics, but I would just absolutely love to hear your story, how you got here, you are a nurse, and how you kind of went from being a nurse to social media advertising, touching on that pivot, which we love, 2020 has taught us a lot about pivoting and trying new things. And I think that's going to be a prime example. Take it away, my dear. Awesome. All right. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. So basically my story started, I think about, I'd say 20 years ago. I was about 20 at the time and I was suffering from really awful panic attacks, like debilitating. So I suffered through them for a few years and finally I decided to do something about it at my mom's suggestion. (laughs) So I decided to start running. So I come from a family of runners and I wasn't really a runner growing up, but I figured that maybe, you know, physical activity would help me kind of burn off some of that anxious energy that I was having. So I started running one mile a day and within a month, my anxiety attacks were gone. And so I've been a runner ever since. And I've learned a lot from it that I think I kind of roll all of those lessons into everything that I've done over the past 20 years. So basically from running, I, you know, kind of started building up some small successes. I decided to go back to college and to go to nursing school and I building on those small wins along the way. So I did really well in nursing school. I I graduated, I started working in a neonatal ICU, and I just felt a really strong calling to help people in a different way because I saw a lot of people struggling with their health and with meeting their goals and kind of moving themselves forward. And I had learned so much about about that from running that I thought, well, I could really, you know, help people. So I decided to go back and get a certificate in health coaching, which I did. And then I started um, a business called Whole and Vibrant Living, uh, where I was kind of rolling my philosophies into, into a health kind of mentality. So I was, you know, baby steps was a huge thing that I learned through running. Every small step forward carries you towards the finish line. So that was a big philosophy that I was using in my health coaching and just creating those small wins along the way because that helps you build confidence and that creates momentum and kind of just propels you forward towards your goals. So when I founded Whole and Vibrant Living, it was um, like multidisciplinary group that I was working with. I had dietitians working with me, uh, cardiology, personal chef, yoga, instructors, all to kind of share the message with people. And I was trying to manage that whole team. I was also still working as a nurse. And on top of it, I was doing all the website building, all the digital marketing, trying to get our you know name out there and increase our visibility, which really ended up being a full-time job in itself. So needless to say, after five years of running the business, I got really burnt out. And so I decided to close it and just go back to nursing full-time. But I learned a lot along the way about the digital marketing and the advertising, website design, you know, all of that stuff. And then I found myself over the next like five years or so sharing that with people who I knew who had small businesses and who were trying to, you know, win at the small business. So I kind of carried over from winning at health to then transferring that to helping people's businesses succeed. So with me, I carried all these same philosophies about the baby steps moving forward, creating small wins, creating momentum. And, you know, I just got really into the the marketing and advertising and kind of shifted my focus from there. I freaking love that. Also, my listeners are probably cracking up because I just keep getting runners on the podcast. I'm not like, I just want to make it clear. I'm not like hunting down people who run. This is something I literally learn 
after I have invited them on here. I've had so many runners. This is something that I've just like really gotten into like during quarantine. Like I'm training for my own like first half marathon. So it's so <laughs> funny that I keep getting runners. I'm just like, yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm attracting all of them because y'all give me such good tips for how to do it. And I know that you're a triathlete and you do all of these awesome things, which I learned after. Yeah. I like wanted her for the social media guys. Like I learned the running after but I'm so excited because I love how you can connect like fitness and running to creating that business people think that they're so different but everything you do in business is a step everything you do in running is a step you're pushing yourself past new challenges and I just I freaking love it I'm just so excited now so definitely so you kind of talked on what your intentions for whole and vibrant living and how important that is like as a nurse having done that like how with a million pieces of like info out there about what being healthy kind of means what what were some of the key things that you were really working with the people in those groups what you even tell your friends now what you are like guys you gotta be doing this or at least trying to work on this to really you know stay keep your head above water stay really healthy in times where it's very scary to go outside because germs are awful. Yeah. So, you know, I think, and just to kind of touch on what you were just saying about the running and I, I think it just goes hand in hand, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you learn those basic concepts of how to succeed at one thing, you can carry that over to really anything that you're doing. So with whole and vibrant living, I was kind of teaching that same mentality, trying to give people the belief that they could succeed at, at what their goal was. I mean, a lot, I was working a lot with weight loss. I, you know, people who wanted to lose weight were uh, like attracted to me. So basically my focus was on helping people get in the right mindset and believe that they could actually do it and stick to it and keep that weight off instead of the, you know, the yo-yo dieting and the trying all sorts of new things. Being a nurse, I'm, you know, focused on science a lot and, you know, good quality information. So I was sharing that and I was working a lot with blood sugar control and cravings because a lot of people are addicted to sugar and you really can't fight that physiologic response from your body when it feels like it's starving and it's driving you to eat more sugar, then you're just going to crave more sugar. And it's it's hard to battle with that, even if you have the right mindset. So I was working a lot on blood sugar control, fighting cravings, and that just kind of rolls into losing weight. So I had some really great, really great clients and people who had really great success, like 40 to 80 pound weight loss, and they've kept it off and actually started running. So you know, I love to kind of bring people with me on my crazy journey of running. So, you know, we got like running groups started and, you know, just kind of shared that that healthy mentality, spreading the health is what I called it. So yeah, I just, I love it. That's so good. Definitely. When you were talking about sugar cravings, I've tried, I've, I've violently given up a lot of sugar that I used to have without even realizing it. Cause I've kind of yo-yo dieted. Like I'm finally at a place where I'm like, the scale is not the whole world to me. Mm-hmm. What is my physical level? But I'm also very conscious of what I put into my body now. I'm 30. I'm not getting any younger. My metabolism and I, that ship has sailed. It's actually a true thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's not gonna, it's not probably gonna speed up. So I really gotta like watch what I eat, care a lot more. And definitely the first couple of weeks of like having my sugar craving, like having less sugar was very, I don't think I thought it was gonna be that awful. Cause I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll just, you know, I'll just want 
I'll just eat some other stuff. Oh my God. I was so mean. And I learned later because I just was like, oh, I shouldn't have so much sugar. It's not good for me. And then I read a book about sugar cravings at the end of it. And I was like, oh, mood swings. You might be a little crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I learned that. It is, it's insane to me it how sugar affects us the way some actual drugs do. And then sugars and everything. So I'm, I don't like preach no sugar, but I'm like, you should really consider it. Think twice and then maybe three times about yeah. what's going into your body. Yeah, it's about the balance. I mean, you know, that was kind of my thing. Like, I'm not big on, I, I call myself extreme because I'm like an all or nothing kind of person. So like when I'm doing a race or when I'm doing, like last year I was training for an Ironman, like I am all in and I'll go really hard at it. But in life, it's really important to have balance. So you don't have to give up like big, huge chunks of, you know, your life or your diet or whatever, but you just have to figure out how to balance it and make it work for you. And everybody's different. So, you know, you have to just kind of figure it out for yourself. Yeah, it's all trial and error. And it's a lot more of like how you feel because after I got past the uh, the crazy phase, mm -hmm. I didn't feel a lot better. I wasn't as sluggish during the afternoon and I just really wanted better energy and better sleep. And I was like, this, you just have to try new things. Sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. If you're a diabetic, please don't just quit sugar. Yeah. yeah. Not, it will not go good. Ask your doctor. Definitely consult a physician if you're going to do any really extensive weight loss dieting. I realize I've not mentioned that on my other episodes when I talk about that. So I'm like, if you were going to commit to like a very serious thing, get checked out by a physician. Make sure that you're even like in good enough shape. If you're super overweight, maybe don't try running six miles on day one, mm -hmm. baby steps. Exactly. So when we originally kind of connected, it was off of a Facebook post. And in that, you mentioned getting debt free and talking about money, talking about getting debt free fills my soul. Like I'm smiling so bright right now. So we're going to cover a million and six topics, which I love. So I just really want to hear like from someone else who is getting debt free, might actually be debt free right now. Like why did you place so much importance on that? What was the prompting? to that. We all know that we should be out of debt and get out of it as fast as possible, but we don't all do it. Yeah. And it's a huge thing, which I did not really grow up learning about. And I wish I had. So I put myself through nursing school. I graduated with a ton, a ton of debt, like over 130,000 in debt. And that was, you know, I didn't even have any concept of how terrible that was. I really just was trying to get through school and I was using my loans to live on and, you know, just a lot of bad choices. And I didn't really know any better. So I kicked myself now, but you know, forgiveness. So, um, so I graduated graduated and I, I knew that it was a lot and I knew that I had to do something different because up until that point I wasn't great with my money. I just sort of, you know, ignored my debt and and so when I was graduating school, I went through all my bank accounts. I figured out exactly how much money I owed. I figured out exactly how much money I was making, all of my payments. I, you know, I really just wrote it all down. And of course it was terrifying because I had no idea that I owed that much in student loans. But having that number in front of me was really empowering somehow because I I made a plan. And so it, it, it was still overwhelming. I mean, I think, you know, when I first graduated from, from college, my, my initial student loan payments were like over $1,200 a month. And I was like, okay, this is, this is just 
just madness. But I made a plan and I and I've slowly chipped away at that. And then moving forward, still I was, you know, I mean, I was working a lot. I was paying off my student loans. I was doing all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until like five years after I graduated from school that I really got into the whole debt-free thing. I was following Dave Ramsey. So I read um, one of his books and was listening to his show. And I just realized how empowering and how freeing that would be. So I created a tactic. My mom calls it the amber tactic. But basically I have a piece of paper and I fold it into four squares and I write down, literally I track everything, my debt, my savings, my income every month. And I know exactly when my payments are coming out, how much my payments are. And I know every check, exactly what's going to be coming out of that check. And then all of the extra money that I have goes towards my debt. So I've been doing that for a few maybe about four years now, four or five years, I guess. And and it's been huge, super impactful. I was able to get total control over everything, pay off like tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And I'm not debt free yet. I'm getting there, but I'm not quite there yet. But uh, you know, I just I think being in control of it is just really, it just really helps a lot with the mentality and the approach. Absolutely. Dave Ramsey, Total Money Makeover, definitely changed my life. And then by default, like I got my husband involved in it and we we have less than 10K to go as of this month. We have done nothing fun in the last 17 months. We got married during this time. We spent less than $500 for our entire wedding. And most of that was literally having his parents stay at a hotel. Like we got courthouse married. We got, we did I think my dress was like $12. I was like, we just, we're getting debt free. We're just not doing this. We're, we're just, we'll do something fun later. And yeah. so my husband was a crazy spender. He had no self-control. Amazon <laughs> was the hardest habit in the world to break. Bless his heart. If he wanted something, he just got it. And he had student loans and credit card debt and then the car. And I was like, we gotta not do this, but think about all of the money that you'll get to keep when yeah. we're done. And so that was kind of how I got his mind to shift. I was like, if we just pay it all off super, super fast, by the time we're like in our mid thirties, we're going to have the rest of our lives to just have it. And that was not something that was really taught to either of us growing up. Yeah, Definitely not me. I took out student loans left and right. I was like, how else am I supposed to pay rent if I'm not using my student loan money? Mm -hmm. Of course I have a credit card. I'm 18. The bank says I'm old enough. No one taught me anything. So I look at stupid me from like 12 years ago and I'm just like, yeah, maybe you should have paid attention to anything, but it's not something that we're taught. Like I, at no point was I taught how to budget in school. At no point was I taught how to manage my student loans. At no point are we taught how to not get into debt. We're just taught that debt's normal and everyone has it. And my new life work is essentially to be like, you don't have to live like this ever again. Yeah, I think that's a huge, I mean, people need to hear that. Even when you're older, there's a ton of people who still need to hear that. Um, and it's just really inspiring to hear about your wedding. And, you know, I, 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 I could be more frugal for sure. I mean, I travel a lot, usually not this year, but um, usually, and I do, you know, do things. So I'm sure I could be paying it down faster, but it's, it's inspiring to hear other people's stories. And I think when you're younger, you just don't really know, but we definitely weren't taught anything. I, I wasn't at least. So. Yeah. Like I've, I've like gone through 
through my friends and been like, what were you taught about budgeting? What do you even know? And they're like, nothing, nothing, nothing. We're different ages. We went to different schools. We lived in different states. And I'm just like, how is this such a vital piece of being a grown up not taught? Like, I'm still not using the quadratic equation for anything right. in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's totally people that do. And those people probably manage their money really well. But like, I'm not using, not using a lot of the information that I got taught mm-hmm. when the practical, I think, is just missed a lot. And I just, oh, if you're listening and you have debt, it's going to be okay. I promise you can do this, but you have to know your number. I love that you took the time to learn your number. If you don't know your debt number, you're never going to get out of debt. Money makes you greedy. Money makes you selfish. Money is the root of all evil, right? When people have more money, they're not good people anymore. Money changes people. What if we could change all of these crazy negative connotations for the good? What if money makes you more charitable? What if money allows you to give back? What if money lets you help more people? If you're currently living in a negative mindset of scarcity, of fear, of disdain, we need to work on that. You know you do. You're going to feel so much better. And the first step to doing that is being surrounded by the right kind of money community. And I don't mean what your banking institution is. I don't mean your CPA, your super awesome accountant. And I don't mean that person that you met in college who maybe manages some books. I mean a real money community where you can ask money questions, get support for your debt-free journey, celebrating your small wins, and celebrating your big wins, as well as learning about money manifesting, changing your story, and becoming the best money you possible. So if you're looking for your new money community, I have it for you. It's my Money Works Tribe on Facebook. The link is going to be in my bio, and I cannot freaking wait to see you there. Yeah, it's so easy to ignore it. And it's like a fear thing, you know? You know it's there, but you don't really want to pay attention. So if you don't look at it, it's not true, but you know, it is true. And I think if you can face your fear, you know, you, it's just so, so impactful. And a lot of times places will work with you. I think that's another thing that people are scared of. They're like, I can't make the payment. So if I just don't open the letter, answer the phone <laughs> call, don't make the payment, it's not as big a deal. But generally anywhere that you owe money, they're going to work with you because they want their money. Even if it's a longer period of time, that's fine. They're still racking up that interest, y'all. They don't care. If you can pay them $50 instead of $75, they will take your money. I promise. They will take your money. Deep breath from a debt-free life. (laughs) It's all gonna be good, you guys. So I want to pivot back to your social media business because I just, I love that. So when you're getting like new clients, what are some of the first things that you tell them to work on? What are you looking at for their platforms, for their visibility to really accelerate one of those things right out of the gate so that they can start seeing results? Yeah. So when I first um, started doing this officially for business, I was, you know, talking with a lot of people and my intention was to help them advertise to increase their visibility. You know, they work hard at what they're doing. You know, everybody's awesome at what they're offering. And if, if you could just be more visible and have more of an impact, and that's, I think, what every 
everybody's going for. So that was my goal because when I would when I had Whole and Vibrant Living, I had a really hard time getting more visible. I didn't advertise. I did a lot of word of mouth. I did local events. I did, you know, I had social media accounts and I did a lot with them, but I did absolutely nothing as far as paid advertising goes. And, you know, it's just like an uphill battle if you're going to if you're going to approach it that way. So, you know, I learned a lot about social media advertising and I thought this would be an awesome thing to provide to people so they could get more visible and not have to climb that hill all the time. So, you know, I started reaching out to people. I started putting my name out there and most of the people who I was speaking to, I noticed didn't have a great digital flow. So, you know, when you, when you first bring somebody to you, to your business, you want them to first of all, know what you do. Second of all, less than 2% of people buy on that first pass through. So you need to have a way to keep in touch with them and help them walk along the path of getting to like, know, and trust you. And a lot of the businesses that I was talking to didn't have a path at all, didn't have a plan to follow up. And so until that stuff is in place, I don't think it's even worth advertising because you're going to increase your visibility. People are going to come to you, come to your page, but they're going to have to go searching for what you actually are providing or trying to kind of get into that that digital path, but they have to do more work and people just aren't into doing more work. You have to make it easy for them. So like for instance, if you go to a a business, a Facebook business page and at the top of the page, you have the cover photo. um, A lot of people don't utilize that. It's kind of like a billboard at the top of your page. You could showcase it to offer, you know, share what you're offering, or you can use it to drive people towards like an offer that you have or your free offer. You can customize your button. So it's easy. So people see, oh, hey, yeah, I want that offer. Click on the button, sign up boom, you know, and you're in, then you can kind of keep in touch with them through like automated emails or things like that. So I just noticed a lot of people don't have that in place. And so I kind of shifted a little bit. So I still am doing social media advertising, but I'm also helping people get to the point where it is going to, you know, benefit them, their investment in the advertising is going to come back at them. And you know, people are going to like have a digital path that they can walk along. Well, that's brilliant. And I am definitely not utilizing the cover photo in my group at all. <laughs> so I'm gonna a lot of people change. don't. It's it's uh yeah, a lot of people don't. And and the automated stuff I think is huge you know, to have like an automated series of emails go out so people can get to know you. People are more likely to buy from you if they know you. So, you know, just having that and it's just kind of like laying the groundwork. That's what I call it. So um super important. Yeah. That's so good. I'm definitely uh, doing that after this. By the time this episode is live, y'all, there will be a new business cover photo. That's brilliant. Like just something that little, like, and I'm thinking about like business pages that I follow right now. And I'm like, oh, it's like a picture of just what they are. Like it's their title. There could be so much. I feel like I should pay you for that knowledge. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, So traditional advertising in like print media magazines is kind of not really as relevant today as even I would like. I love me a good newspaper. I still get magazines. I love media in that form. But for advertising, it's just not necessarily as clutch for basically the age group and the attention span of people nowadays. How important is it that you have clients that are visible on multiple platforms or does it necessarily matter? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just really important to know where your demographic hangs out. So first of all, knowing who your target audience is, like having a a concept of having your ideal client. So the people who you're actually directing your marketing to, because you know, you don't want to try to be selling newborn photography to people who don't have kids because you're just going to be wasting your money, right? So 
So knowing who, who your client is that you're trying to target and knowing where they hang out. So for me, my my people that I that use my services are usually tech challenged, you know, some somewhere like between 40 and 60 years old, usually. Now that's not always the case, but you know, normally they're hanging out on Facebook. So I direct most of my efforts towards Facebook um, and Instagram. I think it's important to be visible on several different platforms because when people are first learning about your business or first coming to you, you know, it's that social proof factor. So, you know, if you have, first of all, if you don't have, like, I know a lot of people who don't even have a website and I'm, I'm talking about just established like brick and mortar companies local to me. And I, you know, during the pandemic, I'm on, online a lot. And so I've just been looking around and like one of my favorite smoothie places doesn't even have a website. And I'm like, all right, it's 2020 guys, we need a website. <laughs> it's very important. So anyway, so being, being on different platforms, um, I think it's important just to have a presence and people know like that you're serious, that you're a legitimate company when they could go on to, you know, Instagram and see what you're doing and see that you're engaging and posting regularly, um, seeing that people follow you. It just helped create, you know, a sense of comfort with your brand and with your clients and your potential clients. That's 1000% true. Like there are places that I wanted to buy from during this pandemic in Nashville that didn't have a website. And I was just like, how? How has no one figured out how to make a Facebook page, an Instagram, anything? Just the bare minimum that I even believe that you're a real business. It's it's crazy to me. I'm like, you don't have to be big and flashy. Like there are really successful businesses with the bare bones Facebook page, but it's there. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just so important. And I, you know, when like I work with like my mom, for instance, so she's um, in her 60s. She's trying to start a, a bed and breakfast. And so, and she's very tech challenged and she won't mind if I tell you that. So, and I know that a lot of people are and they see it as a hurdle and they think, oh, it's, well, it's super expensive or, oh, I can't figure that out. But it's like that important that you really need to take the steps. So, you know, the reason that I'm offering the things that I'm offering with my digital marketing business are to help people get over those hurdles because it, it shouldn't be holding you up and it shouldn't be holding your business back, especially if you're trying to grow, which I mean, who's not trying to grow their business and make more money, right? That's kind of the point of doing all of that is, is to do that. So if you could scale your business, grow your business by doing a couple little things like the website, like advertising, like getting that flow in place. So it's not, you know, making you lose your mind and you're not trying to keep up with stuff all the time as your business grows, you know, it, it's a foundation groundwork and to, to have it set is just going to help you so much as you move forward and make your life so much easier. I love that your mom's making a bed and breakfast that is on my dream board to have a bed and breakfast in Alaska. I've pre-picked out the house that will probably not be on the market when I'm ready, but it's like a dream. Like I love that. I love bed and breakfast or everything. I'm going to get, like, does she already have it? She's, um, so she's got the property. She's building a couple different things. So she has her house on the property, but she wants to have like one that's totally for the bed and breakfast. So she's building that now. And then they have another piece of property across the street. And I think they're going to put a tiny house on it, like an actual tiny house. So I'm totally pumped about that. I love, I love that idea. This is proof that at any age, you can try new things. You yep. can always do new things. That's a dream and a goal that her mom has. And it's not going to stop her. She's going to figure it out. So that's an excellent strategy. I'm very excited. I definitely want to know once it's all finished. Because at some point, post-COVID, I'm going to get to get on an airplane again. Yeah. And go places. Ready. Cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to say, like, people will be able to see, like, 
on the Instagram for the podcast, like actual pictures of you, but I had no idea that you were older than me at all. Literally when you were like 20 years ago, I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, true story. <laughs> so goes to show you what like health and fitness will do for you because she is absolutely stunning and I'm very, I'm just very excited to learn all these things. And so looking forward to the rest of 2020, assuming we make it through the end of the year, because <laughs> at this point, who knows? There's murder hornets, <laughs> the world is on fire, Australia is not on fire, but everything else kind of is. So if we make it through the rest of 2020, what are you most looking forward to? Well, so my life is like a hundred times different than what it has been for the past couple of years. I, you know, normally do a lot of races. I, I travel a lot for races up until last year. So I turned 40 last year. So up until last year, I was a, a distance runner and I try to do like at least one marathon a year. So, you know, I have a little group of people that I, that I run with and that, you know, we travel for races. So we've been traveling to all these cool destinations to do these like awesome races for the past bunch of years. And then for my 40th birthday, I decided to buy myself an, the Ironman triathlon because um, that was on my list of things to do for a while. So, so anyway, you know, just super busy the past couple years training for the race last year and you know all the traveling so when COVID hit, I, uh, you know, I was like stuck in my house. I think I left my house like 10 times in three months to go to the grocery store and that's it. And like, holy cow, what a difference. <laughs> like I, it was actually amazing because I've been so busy. I'm like never home usually. And to be like locked in here all the time, you know, resting. And I, I redid my entire house during COVID. Just so nice. To, I'm like such a homebody. So it's been so amazing and kind of makes you rethink, you know, your normal busy everyday life. So I think a lot of things are going to be different for me as I move forward. But but anyway, for now, I'm like totally enjoying the downtime. For 2021, so, you know, I was training for that Ironman last year. I ended up crashing my bike during the race and broke my collarbone and some ribs and ended up having surgery. So needless to say, I did not finish my race. And now I have to do it again, which was supposed to be this year, but it is canceled. So um, so that's going to be my big 2021, what I'm going to do if, if we make it to 2021. <laughs> and for the people who don't know just how badass an Iron Man is, can you explain what all of that is for somebody? Oh god, yeah. Okay, so so first you swim 2.4 miles, then you bike 112 miles, and then you run a marathon. So what that means for me, who, you know, I just like to do these things because I'm a little crazy and I'm not fast and I'm not, I mean, I'm competitive, but I'm not like good at this really. So, you know, that's like about probably 14 to 16 hours of activity, like crazy intense activity in one day. Yeah, really, really intense. And I, so I got this idea because I guess eight years ago now, I decided that I wanted to run an ultra marathon. And, uh, and so, you know, this was like probably the biggest confidence boost in my life and the biggest, you, you know, looking at like those small baby steps and how they add up to like these huge successes. Because I started when I was 20 running one mile a day. And then when I was 32, I ran 50 miles. And I decided that at that point that I, you know, had to do an Ironman. And, you know, I did the 50 miles and then and then took some much needed downtime for a little while after that. And the Ironman had been on my list for a while and then decided it would be, you know, just a really nice 40th birthday present. But, um, but yeah. You're crazy. literally goals right now. You are <laughs> goals. I ran five miles continuously today for the first time ever. That's I'm going to add a zero to the end of that now. It's crazy. You know what I did today? I walked one mile <laughs> because I am resting now and I'm tired. And so I have, I am not training for anything at all right now. And 
it's kind of amazing. Maybe that's the way to do it. <laughs> I definitely learned a lot about my ability to run and not run very fast, but it, it doesn't really matter. I'm gonna do it to do it because I want to know that I can do it. In my head, I'm like, I'm just gonna do one marathon, but I feel like as soon as I'm go I do it, I'm gonna be like, oh, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah, that's I'm the gonna problem. do it. <laughs> very addictive and you know it's like such a rush and so awesome to set your mind to something and then like do it i i'm you know that's i think what you get hooked on is just that feeling and yeah totally encourage you to do a marathon change your life it'll be awesome i would like to say that i'll do an iron man but i gotta learn how to swim first because you were like two miles i'm like well i've died i died like i didn't know how to swim either though so i i mean i knew how to swim but i didn't know how to do like the freestyle stroke and swim like like a swimmer at all i actually am not so bad at that part i I really like the swimming. The biking, I hadn't been on a bike in 20 years. So I signed up for the race. I, about, I don't know, a week later, I joined a gym and I started figuring out how to swim with my face in the water. And then about a week after that, I went into my local bike shop and I was like, so um, I haven't been on a bike in 20 years and I just signed up for an Ironman. So I'm going to need a bike. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, we love you. Yeah, you can learn anything. Seriously, as long as you put your mind to it and you put in the effort and you ask for help when you need it. Yeah, totally can succeed at anything. This is like everything I didn't know that I needed to hear about my <laughs> ability to run and bike and not swim so good yet. That's wow. Thank it's you really universe awesome. podcast timing. And I'm going to uh, tell you one more thing because this is really I think blows my mind even still because as long as you believe in yourself and you have the right mindset after a certain distance that you like if you train and you run a half marathon you can do anything. So when I was training for my ultra I farthest I ran is 31 miles in training like all at once and that was it and then I ran 50 miles so 19 miles farther than I had ever run in my life and and you know and I did it so it's like total mindset and as long as you believe and you keep like putting your feet in front of each other you'll get there it might not be pretty and it might not feel good <laughs> But you'll get there. That is one of the pieces of advice I've gotten from a lot of runners going up to the race your last training day. Like you never necessarily train the whole distance, mm -hmm. but you your last run should be you stop after the worst part because if you can get to the worst part and get through that, you'll be totally fine for however much longer you're going, whether that's mile 10 or mile 30. Basically. Right, which is like totally true about life too, right? Because there's always crappy parts that you have to get through. And as long as you know and you trust yourself that you can get through them, like you can really do anything. Absolutely. So I will have all of your info, all that good stuff so that everybody can follow you in the show notes. And I just love to end on just like the last big piece of advice that you'd either give your younger self or you want to give the audience. Just something to close us out with, my dear. I think I would say that you have to believe in yourself. When I was younger, I really let doubt and fear kind of cripple me in comparison. Like I, I literally compared myself to everybody and I, it just like held me stuck in place for the longest time. So I think, you know, if you can, fear is a good thing. Like if you have fear, it's awesome. It means like you're excited and you're, you know, you need to like go towards the fear and kind of push through it. And I wish I knew that. I mean, I know it now, so that's cool. But I wish I knew it when I was, you know, even younger, because I think I, I could have 
accomplished even more, even more things. Go towards the fear. I feel like I need to get that as a tattoo. That's so freaking good and absolutely true. If you're not scared of anything, you're probably not doing anything. And the only way to make progress is to do things, fail forward. At the end of the day, even if you failed, you learned something. No matter how much you crash and burn, you learned something. And that I think is sometimes more valuable than succeeding at every single thing on the first try. Yeah, absolutely. You don't, you know, yeah. I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. This was so fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I loved it. 